From the world-famous city of New Orleans, it's the Black and Blue Report. Starring Sean Kelly, producer Dan, D-Dub in the Black and Blue Orchestra, yeah. and the Benchwarmers. Today's special guests include the New Orleans Saints, the New Orleans Pelicans, and whoever else we could get to stop by. Online and worldwide, it's the Black and Blue Report. Live, sort of, from Studio B, here's Sean Kelly and John DeShazer. How goes it? It is the Wednesday. See, we're already cutting up in here. How goes it, everybody? Wednesday edition of the Black and Blue Report. Uh, one of these days, Daniel is going to have the outtakes on this show for you, and that'll Please be no. the best of in itself. <laughs> Please, no. Welcome in, everybody. Happy Hump Day to you. We may rename Wednesday uh, later on in the show. We'll give you a little tease on that as David Wesley stops by. He's already in the studio, as a matter of fact, off mic. But J.D. is here. I'm Sean Kelly. We hope this finds you well. We're going to have some fun today. Good show today. Kenny Albert from it. the NFL on Fox is here. Jay Adams uh, from the Atlanta or AtlantaFalcons.com also on the show, and then uh, some NBA talk and some other stuff with David Wesley as he makes his Wednesday uh, fly through the studio. Producer Dan and D-Dub and the Black and Blue Orchestra, the whole gang is here today. So we've got a lot on our plate. The big news yesterday, uh, of course, around the uh, Saints facility was the return of Robert Meacham, Mr. DeShazer, uh, one-year deal after uh, being let go by the uh, what was it, the Chargers, right? Meacham is back yes. with the Saints where he was a 27th pick overall back in 07. All but uh, all but 15 of his 77 NFL career games are in the black and gold. He is back, and probably later on today, as our show goes up at noon Central Time, uh, we'll learn maybe perhaps a little more from Sean Payton about whether or not Meacham would would even play this weekend in the opener against the Falcons. What's your What's your read on that? Oh, I'd be shocked if he doesn't play. I mean, it's not like uh, one he's he's in shape. He was in training camp. Obviously, went through the preseason with the Chargers too. He knows this offense like the back of his hand. Um, 91% of his career receptions, 92% of his career receiving yards, 23 of his 25 touchdowns happened here with the Saints. Uh, by all accounts, his career in San Diego was a flop. But he knows this offense. He knows Drew Brees. He knows these teammates. So for him to be able to step back in and immediately do exactly what he was able to do the, you know, since he joined the team in 2007 should be fine. All right, so to make room for him, Jonathan Vilma goes to the injured reserve with exception or whatever that's called. Um, in other words, he, he will not be out for the whole year as most IR guys are, but Vilma can come back after I think it is week seven. Is that correct? Well, yeah, come back week seven. He has to miss a minimum of six games. And the thing with that, now we finally get the specificity that we have been seeking about his knee surgery. Yeah. We know for certain that he's not ready. We know for certain he won't be back before week seven, and it could stretch even farther than that. They still have, like, I think a four-week window in which they can activate him. So we know it obviously was a serious deal with his knee. All right, we're going to try and get Meacham on the uh, program for you, if not uh, tomorrow uh, next week, as he's going to be kind of uh, neck-deepening as far as getting back into the Saints system. So we'll see how that goes as far as a one-on-one visit for this program. All right, I told you last week, E.J. Manuel will get back from injury. He will start for the Buffalo Bills this weekend. Uh, I know there was all this talk about it's uh, uncertain at this uh, point, but I said last week, you wait, Manuel will start for the Bills in week one, and that's going to happen. And then we also learned this morning that the Jets are going with Geno Smith. 
as their starting quarterback. I uh, well, just can't believe go. that. I can't believe uh, it. Yeah, I know. It's, it's uh, shocking news there. But Geno Smith will start for the Jets. Uh, in off-the-field uh, NFL news, in a retired Hall of Fame type of sense, uh, did you see the news about Warren Sapp this week? I did not. Okay. I missed it. All right. So I think most people know that Warren had some financial problems and there was a yeah, bankruptcy well filing in, yeah, in 2012. Well, yeah. as a part of that settlement, he had to unload some personal items. You ready? All righty. Let's okay. get it. Let's, let's. So up at auction this week were 213 pairs of Nikes. Oh, you know, I can understand that because I've got like no, no, I no, I can't understand pairs. that. No, maybe that's no, why just, you were in some, <laughs> some in some way in some financial trouble. Well, you know, you we all know that Nikes, you know, appreciate and value once you put them on your feet, right? So, um, no, that's that's how do you, can I say stupid? Well, I should sure. Say stupid. I, that is unwise. It is unwise. It's not a great financial investment. Two hundred and thirteen pairs of Nike shoes. Dub's over there in the corner saying, well, maybe he had a Nike deal. I guess it's I possible. Know, but that, that, I, no, no, no. That would be Nike. These. They would be Nike cleats, though, instead of just the regular No, no. Stuff. They would ship them all kinds of stuff. ship them all kinds of stuff? Okay. I mean, Dub's got like okay. 400 pairs of shoes. Well, that's true. He yes. would know. You know, the former athlete. You what know, size do you, Dub? Slept like us. Don't know. You know, I wear 11 and a half, by the way. I'm in a 12. In case you get anything. You know, I'm just well, saying. Yeah. I'm sure this stuff at Dub's house in box has never been opened. Yeah. That he should throw your way. Of course, he, you know, he, would he give us any swag? No. He didn't even mention that. He, you know. All right, so the 213 pairs Woo. of Nikes went in a bankruptcy auction for $6,390. That averages out to about $30 a pair. A guy from Connecticut bought the shoes. Okay. Okay. Uh, the Pirates have their first winning season in 21 years. September. McCutcheon, baby. Yes, sir. Uh, September of 1992. Uh, was the last time the Buckos had a winning season. They are now, as of last night, 81 and 57. So, congratulations the, to them. The Barry Bonds, Valby Bonilla, Killer Bees. Sid, yes. I always want, you know, I know Sid, Sid Bream, Bream, but I always want to see Sid Brim, you know? And then, of course, <laughs> producer Dan's Atlanta Braves broke their hearts that season and pretty much ended their chances at, I think, a playoff run in 92. So, yeah. Congratulations, not to the Pirates, but to the Pirates fans. Can you imagine? 21 years, not even cracking 500. That well, I will say seven. this for them. Now, they got pretty smart over the years because there were some pretty sparse crowds there for a while. Yes. Like a, uh, but the, they have maybe the best ballpark in baseball yes, right now. Yes, so. nice place. Now, I just need them to just, you know, have, have, have the moment and then keep sliding backwards, hopefully, the rest of the way so the Cardinals can jump back up over them win the division. I don't know if that's going to happen. I don't think so either. I'm not sure my Andrew team's McCutcheon, tough enough. Andrew McCutcheon, MVP. Come on, really? NL MVP. Okay. Uh, finally, I've heard of um, uh, basketball without borders. I'm not so sure I've heard of this type of basketball diplomacy, though, as Dennis Rodman has returned to North Korea to hang out with his buddy, Kim Jong-un. Didn't the, the worm uh, say he should win the, 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 the Pulitzer for his... Pulitzer. Yeah, he said he should win some the Nobel. That's right, the Nobel. You're a writer. You ought to know what a Pulitzer is. Well, you is. know, I, hey, I'm, it's the worm. Who can remember <laughs> what he's doing nowadays? So anyway, he said he ought to win the Nobel Peace Prize yeah, for his, uh, his his endeavors. Oh, give me a break. And, um, he says he wants to go hang out with his buddy and talk basketball. He is not going on any diplomatic mission whatsoever. He's going to hang with his his. Have you his seen buddy. this, Robin, lately? All due respect. Yeah. If he don't come home, there will be no mourning from me. 
Okay. <laughs> Dennis Rodman. Why, were you close at one time? Yeah, well, you know, me and Dennis was boys. You know, we I partied with him in Vegas. No, I'm just kidding. No. <laughs> and Luke Patel. He just, he looks like he has lived as hard as he says he has yes. lived. I think we're going to start a new thing called, and we're, the working title is with producer Dan right now, The Knucklehead File. Okay. Um, and so we're going to try to endeavor, if not each day, but at least almost daily to add something we, to the knucklehead file run out of manila folder well right but this dennis rodman visit over there and what he said about his visit might might end up being yeah. the insertion the first insertion into the knucklehead well, we got file. two we got dennis's visit and we got warren's shoes yes so i think i think we're on to something as far as having yeah. a knucklehead file yeah okay oh uh, producer dan's already mad at me about time so we're going to he's not waving me off we're going to get right into the show kenny albert next uh from the nfl on fox and then uh, Dub will actually move from ha- holding up the wall of the studio to sitting behind the microphone. And then Jay Adams will get a report from Atlanta from AtlantaFalcons.com. And then J.D. now will very quickly later on wrap up today's Black and Blue Report. You stay right there. The offseason for your New Orleans Pelicans has been exciting with all-star Drew Holiday and former Rookie of the Year Tyreek Evans being added to a lineup headlined by Anthony Davis and Ryan Anderson. Now, with the release of half-season and 12-game plans at varying price levels, there truly is a ticket plan for every fan. Packages start as low as $13 per game and feature the best seat locations to see all-star opponents, including the world champion Miami Heat. Visit pelicans.com or call 525-HOOP to get your seats today. This is Todd Graves, founder of Raisin Cane's Chicken Fingers. Sure, other fans are hungry for a win. But here in New Orleans, we make sure that you're well-fed, too. With tailgates of our fresh chicken fingers and jugs of lemonade and sweet tea. Loving the Saints is like the freshness of Cane's. All day, no quit. Raisin Cane's Chicken Fingers. The official chicken of your New Orleans Saints. Saints fans, show your true colors and get in the action with the all-new black and gold Saints scratch-off from the lottery. Win up to $100,000. Play all three seeds. You have to play to win. That's right. Enter your non-winning black and gold Saints tickets in our second chance drawings for a chance to win autographed Saints merchandise or one of four Saints game day prize packages. Next entry deadline is September 3rd. Pick up your black and gold Saints scratch-off from the lottery. Win up to $100,000. Must be at least 21 to purchase. Bud Light presents... NFL fan dilemmas. Should I put these Bud Lights on your tab? Just supposed to get this round. Whoa, interception! But on my rounds, we play better. It's good luck when I buy Jeff's beers. But I don't want to buy Jeff's beers. He wouldn't even give me gum the other day. What a shocking turn of events. Absolutely everything going right. Yep, my tab. It's only weird if it doesn't work. Bud Light. For the NFL fans who do whatever it takes. Here we go. Enjoy responsibly. Anheuser-Busch Bud Light Beer, St. Louis, Missouri. Great show for you today. Welcome back to the Black and Blue Report, the podcast for Saints Pelicans fans. Our first guest today will be very busy this weekend and all throughout the fall. It's Kenny Albert of Fox Sports as he gets set to call the Saints and Falcons this weekend at the Mercedes-Benz Superdome. Kenny, good morning. I'm glad that you're able to join us during, I'm sure, what is a very busy and short week of prep work for your opening weekend of NFL action. Well, Sean, uh, great to be with you. You're right. It is a uh, busy week, but very excited to get back at it, as I know the fans are in New Orleans, who will either be attending the game or, or watching or listening to the game on Sunday. Uh, should be a great matchup with two longtime divisional rivals who both have high hopes for this season. 
Kenny, I know the fans are excited. They're getting ready. They're starting their uh, their pregame rituals and their routines for the weekend. What about you and your crew with Fox? What's what's a typical way to walk through an NFL weekend for you guys? Well, a typical week for us, Sean, it really begins on, on Monday uh, when you get home from your previous game on Sunday, which obviously isn't the case this week since it's week one, but you normally start Monday morning on the next game. Um, you know, due to technology now, we're able to start things a lot sooner in the week than, uh, you know, 10, 15 years ago when we would have to wait for VHS tapes or DVDs of each team's previous game. Uh, but, for example, on a, on a Saints-Falcons week, you know, in the middle of the season, we would normally, um, I know I would I would tape each team's previous game off satellite, off direct TV, and get started Monday watching those games just to familiarize yourself with the teams, the players, the coaches, the storylines, because you might get a team, you know, in week that you haven't seen all season, so you really have to kind of catch up on their entire year. So um, I usually watch the prior games, at least part of them on Mondays, and, you know, you wind up preparing charts and spotting boards and statistics, and there's a lot of reading, you know, during the week as well, you know, whether it's articles from each city off the Internet, team publications, team websites, and you kind of do it on your own Monday through Thursday, and then we normally travel in either Thursday night or Friday morning, depending on, uh, you know, the geography of, of where you live and where we're going. And Friday we'll all meet myself, Daryl Johnson, Tony Saragusa, our producer, director, and uh, we'll meet at the home team's practice facility Friday. We'll go to practice. We'll have uh, some meetings that are set up with players and coaches, usually four or five guys on Friday. And then uh, Friday night we'll go to dinner. We'll have a production dinner. Saturday we'll we'll kind of meet amongst ourselves during the day, you know, maybe watch some college football and, um, you know, talk about, again, some of the storylines for Sunday. And then when the visiting team gets in Saturday late afternoon usually, uh, we'll go sit down with them. Uh, same thing, four or five players and coaches at their hotel. And then we have our production meeting at night. So it's, a, it's really a week-long process. I never counted up the hours, but, um, you know, it's a lot of work. It's fun work. And by the time Sunday comes, hopefully you know everything there is to know about both teams. All right, on a crew with a, with a guy like Moose and on a crew with a guy like Goose, who actually out of that group gets to pick where dinner's going to be when you guys get into town? That's a good question. Um, you know, it's sort of a combination, you know, depending on what city we're in. If, if somebody knows of a good restaurant, you know, a lot of times we'll go back to repeat restaurants on Friday night that we've been to before. Uh, this is my seventh year working with, with Moose and Goose. And, you know, when I think back to the early years, Goose would do a lot of the ordering. But he wouldn't eat as much as everybody else. He, he had a lap band put in. Uh, similar to Rex Ryan last year, he actually recommended it to Rex and um, lost a lot of weight. It, it curtails your appetite. So we, we did a game in Buffalo in 2007, Giants, Bills, and there was a, a storm during the game, hail, rain, sleet, and all the flights were canceled. So about eight of us piled into two cars. We all lived in the New York, New Jersey, Connecticut area. Wound up driving with six hours home from Buffalo. And the two cars met up at a rest stop on the New York State Thruway at McDonald's, and Goose's car arrived first. And when I walked in with the other guys, there must have been $200 worth of McDonald's sitting on the table. But the problem was Goose barely ate any of it. The rest of us, you know, stuffed our faces with the burgers and fries. So, um, you know, we, we've taken some of the ordering back from him because it was just uh, – it was just too much on a Friday night. Yeah, he's become more of the food pusher as opposed to the food taker. Um, uh, curious, you'll be in New Orleans this weekend, one of the great food cities of America. Surely you've got a great place here all picked out, Kenny. Yeah, we've been, you know, we've been in New Orleans a lot over the last 
you know, 10 or 12 years, seven years with this crew. And, you know, we, we've sampled so many of the restaurants. It's one of the best dishes for food. Um, the one place that we've gone to pretty often uh, the last couple of years, and I can could, I could picture it in the name, isn't coming to me off the top of my head, but but it's right on right on the edge of Bourbon Street. And uh, Goose takes great pleasure in feeding all of us the uh, horseradish on on crackers. And you know we we try to get the rookies, the young guys in the group, to eat the, the bigger amounts. You know those of us who are veterans who have done it before kind of know the strategy. But Goose, you know, he gets his iPhone out, he takes pictures, our faces turn red or black or whatever. But he takes great pleasure in. Uh, and scooping up the horseradish and, and feeding it to everybody in the crew. That's good stuff. Hey, let's get to the game, Kenny. Um, when you think Saints-Falcons this weekend, what is top of mind for you? I think there are so many storylines, Sean. You know, obviously, long-time divisional rivals. You could usually throw out the records. You know, even if one team came in 7-2 and two and the other 2-7, and seven, it usually goes down to the wire. You know, I know I've worked a number of overtime games between these franchises. You know, first, obviously, in the Falcons, you have a team that came so close last year to reaching the Super Bowl. Uh, you know, such a disappointing loss in the NFC Championship game, but um, one of the most potent offenses in the league. You know, when you look at Matt Ryan and the receivers, Julio Jones and Roddy White, and, of course, Tony Gonzalez, who comes back for another year. You know, he was telling everybody last year he was 95% sure he was going to retire, and he actually did retire, and then they convinced him to come back, and they let him miss, you know, a good portion of training camp. And then they had Steven Jackson this year. Uh, you know, hasn't had much postseason success with the Rams, but when you look at his numbers, you know, leading active rusher in the NFL, and not to take anything away from Michael Turner, but, you know, this guy runs hard and, and runs angry, and I think he'll be a great addition. They have some issues in the offensive line, some injury problems. Uh, defensively, pretty solid, but I think when, when, you know, when you think about the Falcons, you think about the offense, and it's Mike Smith's sixth year, and he's done a terrific job, you know, five straight winning seasons, and went deep in the playoffs last year, and and then on the same side, of course, and, you know, you've been following it, and your listeners, uh, you know, a lot closer than I have up until uh, the last 10 days or so. But, um, you know, obviously so much excitement with the return of Sean Payton. We were down there for the opener last year against the Redskins. And, you know, the Saints said all the right things, but, you know, then they go out and lose to Washington and start the season 0-4 and, you know, really playing from behind at that point. But um, I think they're, you know, poised to have a great year with Sean and Drew back together and, you look at so many of the offensive weapons there, and I think bringing in Rob Ryan should be a great addition on the defensive side. So, you know, I think these are two of the teams that, that certainly could go pretty far in the NFC this year. Kenny Albert, our guest of Fox Sports. Kenny, you've done a lot of games at the Mercedes-Benz Superdome. It is a loud place for opponents. How does it affect broadcasting? Um, it is loud, and, and obviously they've done a great job with it. You know, I, I've done games there, believe it or not, for the last 19 years now, and you know, back in the mid to late 90s when the Saints weren't selling out and, and weren't winning many games. It was still a fun place to go to and broadcast games from, but, you know, even better now. And We did a playoff game there, the, the game against Arizona, uh, which obviously goes down in, in Saints history as a memorable game that uh, pushed the Saints into the NFC Championship game. And, uh, you know, I was on a couple of Sugar Bowls there, and, and like I said, the opener last year against Washington and other big Saints games, so it's, uh, it's great. You know, they revamped the press box and the broadcast booth. So, uh, you know, I don't, I don't think the noise really affects us as much, but I always like keeping the uh, um, the volume up pretty high in my headset because I don't want it to feel like I'm just working a game out of a phone booth. I like to hear the effects and, 
and the crowd noise. I think that helps us get more into it than we would if we were in an enclosed booth. I'm the same way you are. Um, real quick, is Kenny Albert an old school guy, or has he embraced this uh, Twitter thing? Um, I've embraced it, although you know I, I don't tweet too often. You know, I don't think people care where I'm having lunch or you know if I'm putting my left shoe on before my right. But I, I do, you know, I do uh, send out some tweets from the games I'm working. You know, Fox likes us to do that to promote the games, and I think the, the fans, the, the Twitter followers, enjoy it as well. But I think it's invaluable as a uh, you know news gathering tool, and, and I'm old school in the fact that believe it or not, I still get five newspapers delivered every day. Even though I'm on the internet all the time, I think there's a great value in actually reading newspapers. I think you miss things if, if you go on the internet. Um, if, if you read the entire paper, uh, you don't miss anything basically. So I get five delivered a day. It's hard to read all of them and keep up with everything, but I try my best. So I'm old school for sure in that sense. Uh, but I am on Twitter, and, and I, I feel like uh, there is a definite news-gathering value, um, you know, to, to being on Twitter. What about you, Sean? Are you on there? I am, but I'm like you, too. When I'm doing games, um, I, I kind of ignore it because I'm, I'm focused on calling a game. But at the same time, I'm also on there because it is such a great news-gathering uh, source, and, and you can pick and choose who you want to follow. So I'm not following some nut job that's throwing just stuff on the wall. I actually try to find the guys that I care that are credible sources, and therefore it becomes almost an in- instantaneous newswire to me. Right, and I'm with you. I'm not, I'm not checking it during games. I think it could take your focus away. Um, we have other people that could do that, you know, just in case news breaks. I might check it out at halftime. Um, but, you know, I, I feel during the game you want your focus to be on the game. But during the week, you know, when I'm not working out of the game, I'm definitely checking it out. All right, so what's the Twitter handle? Because I know they'll ask uh, how, they follow, how to follow you. Uh, it's just my name, as it sounds, Kenny Albert, K-E-N-N-Y-A-L-B-E-R-T, uh, with the at sign, of course, in front. So it's a pretty easy one to remember. It's Kenny Albert, everybody. Outstanding, outstanding play-by-play announcer, the NFL on Fox. Kenny, safe travels to you not only this weekend but all season. And uh, we look forward to seeing you again. Thanks, Sean. I appreciate you having me on. And, uh, you know, for the Saints fans, hope you enjoy the game on Sunday. And, Sean, have a great NBA season with the Pelicans. Thank you, sir. Absolutely appreciate it. Kenny Albert, everybody, on the Black and Blue Report. We're right back after these messages. Hey there. What you having? Um, what kind of specials do you have today? Well, tonight we're doing $2 benzene and tonics, $4 lemon arsenics, and $5 beryllium bombs. Wait, what? Those don't sound like drinks. They sound like types of poison. Well, it's a fine line. Besides, this is a smoky bar. What do you think we're all breathing in right now? Uh, I don't know. Nicotine? Listen, I'm going to hook you up. You're not really living until you've had a formaldehyde martini. Yeah, I'm going home. Secondhand smoke does more than just stink. It costs Louisiana thousands of lives and contains dozens of harmful chemicals that lead to things like emphysema, heart disease, and lung cancer. Learn what's being done to protect all Louisianans in bars and gaming facilities at letsbetotallyclear.org. What do you say to someone whose heart is on the line? That at Auctioner, an entire team of experts will collaborate to develop the best treatment for you? That we have procedures so revolutionary they aren't available anywhere else in the region, including breakthrough ways to more effectively manage heart failure and repair heart valves? 
that U.S. News & World Report ranks Auctioner Medical Center's heart program among the nation's very best? Or that with over 170 heart experts and seven hospitals to choose from, the exceptional cardiac care you need is always close to home? Actually, the most important thing to say is... Your results are back. Everything looks great. Better outcomes. Just one more reason to choose Auctioner. To find a heart specialist near you, visit auctioner.org or call 1-866-AUCTIONER. That's O-C-H-S-N-E-R. Auctioner. Healthcare with peace of mind. We're going to talk a little NBA and Pelicans, of course, here today on the Black and Blue Report. Uh, David Wesley has stopped by. Good to see you, Dub. Hey, good to see you. Yes, sir. Uh, Producer Dan, by the way, is leaving us after the show today off to get married. Oh, man. I know. Congratulations. Yes. Congratulations. Congratulations. That's always a good thing to hear. You join the fraternity. Yes. So Daniel Salerson will be sucked in to the brotherhood (laughs) uh, later on uh, this weekend. Somewhere away away from here, probably. That'd probably be the smart way to go. Um, so anyway, good luck to producer Dan this weekend. Uh, NBA stuff. Oh, Beyonce, by the way, is 32 years old today. Oh, she's beautiful. And, uh, Can I say that? You go right ahead. <laughs> Damon Wayans is 53 today. Wow. 53. I didn't realize. I, is that the, old? I mean, I can't figure out if that makes me feel old or just... Makes him old, period. Yeah, I don't I'm not know. that far behind him. Uh, I didn't, well, I didn't yeah. realize. Yeah, so I thought those two would, would, would jump out at you there. Beyonce, 32. Yes. I didn't realize she was that young. This is true, too, because we've known about her for a long time, yeah, right? It seems yeah. like she's kind of always I been I thought around. she was kind of in my age-ish group, 36, 37, 38-ish. 32. I mean, that's that's still much younger than you, Dub. I don't mean to be that way. No, uh, 10 years. Right. That is, that's a long way. Well, I know. I mean, you and I were just talking earlier, and then earlier in the show we pointed out that the Pirates have had a have a winning season now this year for the first time since Ooh. 1992, and you were quick to say senior year in college. How long ago okay. was that? I'm just throwing it out there. Yeah, that's a long time. And, and the Pirates, who knew, if you're not a Pirates fan, right. that it's been 20 years? Oh, they know. If you're a Pirates fan, you know. No, I'm saying if you're not. Oh, if you're not. I yes. Mean, who knew that there was a team out there that hasn't had a winning season in 20 years? It's pretty sad. Yeah. So anyway, not, to make, not that I wanted you to come in today and make you feel old and all that. Yeah, yeah. But yeah, I need a cane when I way. walk out of here. It just shows that you're wise and have plenty of experience. And so, therefore, I will ask you about basketball because we're getting close. You know, Labor Day, we talked to Jason Smith yesterday on the Black and Blue Report, and he said that Labor Day as a player is really that last weekend to kind of take a breath. If you're going to take any kind of a break, uh, that's it. Because if you don't get it in Labor Day weekend, it's over. They are at the facility today with uh, informal workouts. Camp is less than a month away. So for him, we've we've hit a moment in time or a signpost with regard to the NBA season. It's uh, time to get going. Yeah, it is. And so with you in here today, I thought we'd start kind of asking some of the tougher questions. Well, we, I was sitting around last night. All right. Can I, can I get into it? Yes. Sitting around last night, and I was sitting there thinking – I've run into several, several fans that have come to me and, oh, aren't you? And they go through their spiel. And then I always seem to get, I was a season ticket holder when you were here. Mm -hmm. I was. I want to know why these fans won't come back. And I was thinking, ask you why these fans should start coming back. 
what's what's in it in the in the that you've seen from the Pelicans lately that would maybe say this is the time to get back in? It's a multi-layered answer. Okay, now I think that a lot of the folks who were season ticket holders back in 0203 were probably season ticket holders because the Hornets were new to the city. And the NBA was back for the first time in decades. And I think I think a lot of those folks jumped in right away to support the city and gaining an NBA team and fulfilling a promise that we're going to have X number of season ticket holders and, and all that. And then I think there are a lot of things that got in the way. Hurricane Katrina. Uh, we had a couple of bad teams. We had a relocation to Oklahoma City for two seasons. When the team came back, it was not. It was a great season. Okay, you won the division and all that. But by the time you kind of got excited again, Chris Paul was on on his way out. The ownership situation with Shin was crumbling. So, if you didn't jump right back in that All Star season in '08 when the team came back, then I think there was nothing to to make you follow up. And I guess is what I'm saying. Free agency is really. You know, if you're a fan of a player, free agency hurts that situation. But yes, so I think I think that snowball effect is what happened. Now, of course, there are Hornets fans now, Pelicans fans who have stayed tried and true through all this, and you tip your cap because they've had to go through a lot. Right. So we, I thank them for sticking around, and I know that season ticket sales are up this year, like maybe better than ever. Mm-hmm. I haven't gotten the latest number, but it was well over eleven thousand season tickets when we checked a couple weeks ago. So, so when you when you brought this up last night, I thought to myself, maybe that renewed uh, enthusiasm that we saw when you were playing, and the kind of the new newness of the NBA back in the city, can almost um, manifest itself again because you've got the new logo, the new uniforms, the new colors, the arenas being uh, renovated. All those are cosmetic things that will get a certain slice of people fired up and involved. Absolutely. But for the first time in quite some time, I actually think, Dub, and and this is what I wanted to ask you today, I actually think we've got a fun team over across the parking lot there worth coming back to watch on a night-in, night-out basis. I agree. And so maybe that's what will kind of get the, like you said, the old friends back in the building again. I think so, and I and I think the organization has done the job. I, I think all of us in the in in our group have sat and talked last year about this summer coming up. What will happen, mm-hmm. and what will the changes be, and how can this team get better? And I think they've nailed it. I, I think uh, the, the only spot that glares at me that that might be one to watch would be the center position. What what kind of inside play uh, will these young players be able to produce, but one through four, I think, is is really really solid. The questions will come up. How deep? How deep are you? I mean, okay, first of all, what positions are you better at? Where have you upgraded? That's the first piece. You mentioned the center position being a question mark, but where are the Pelicans better than last year's Hornets? Well, Drew Holiday, I think, brings so much speed and quickness to go with a a team that can possibly be more up tempo he, he already an all-star in his fourth year so he knows the league a little bit and 
we've all seen him. We like the way he plays. He, he gets people involved and down the stretch can create his own thing. Tyreek Evans adds a, a nice compliment to him. Again, a, a player you know he knows how to play. Will he play the two or the three will be some of the question. Will he be out there with Gordon, with Drew, which would be awfully fast with Anthony Davis, which would be really fun to watch. So I, I think the the perimeter players have been definitely upgraded. Defensively, it's – well, you talk about, you talk about the speed offensively and right. the ability to get up and down the floor. A lot of times defensively or even offensively too. How quickly, though, can you change sides of the floor? And is, is this group better at doing that? Well, I, I think when they come into camp, it'll be drilled into the new players' heads because this is a diff, defensive-minded coaching staff, defensive-minded team, and it will be emphasized. And players will quickly learn that if you don't defend – it's going to be hard to get minutes on the floor. So I think that because of their quickness and athleticism, changing ends of the floor, buying into the system will get them on the page that Monty wants them to be in to play defense every night. The preseason, Jason Smith talked yesterday about the importance of the preseason and how actually the work being done in September may be the most important thing because camps can open on October 1st. The first preseason game, the first of eight of those, the majority be on the road, is four days later. And so his concern, I wouldn't say it was a concern, but his, his thought was if we don't take care of some things now, whether it be chemistry-wise or how quickly the group is collectively on the same page in the system, if we don't take care of those things now with all these new faces, we're going to be behind the eight ball a little bit, even throughout training camp. Well, I think basketball IQ plays a large part in that, and I think these players – will get in, fit in, and the thing will then become chemistry and trying to get players playing on the, on the same page. But uh, you, you think basketball, it's, it's, it's so far away, and yet just over a month they'll be playing in their first preseason game. I can't wait. I mean, this is, this is, this is going to be fun to see what, what they will produce. But I think, like he said, they're in there now, which is really early because I would assume most of the players are in town ready to go, which is different than when I played. And I think by October 4th, they will kind of know where they are. Yeah, no doubt. Um, at the risk of making a monster-long podcast today, I guess we better cut it off here. But um, we're going to continue this conversation next week. Okay. I think that we should spend September kind of taking different aspects of this team and walk us up to training camp. In fact, because you're going to be here on Wednesdays, maybe we should rename it to Wesley Day instead of Wednesday. Wesley Day. Wesley Day. Thank you. Yeah. I mean, producer Dan's shaking I mean, hump day, Wesley Wednesday. It's a little wordy. Yeah, we're going to work on it, though. Okay. (laughs) Yeah, it's in the books. Wesley Day. Daniel, make something happen. All right. When we come back, Jay Adams from AtlantaFalcons.com. And uh, a few more thoughts on what will happen with the Saints and their uh, situation this week with regard to the schedule. J.D. knocked it out for us yesterday. Today is one of the busiest days of the week. And we'll uh, talk about that before we get out of here as well. Black and Blue Report continues right after this. This is Todd Graves, founder of Raisin Cane's Chicken Fingers. Being the official chicken of the New Orleans Saints, we're more than just fans of the Saints. We're fans of Saints fans. 
So on game day, we make sure they're reloaded with tailgates of our fresh chicken fingers and jugs of lemonade and sweet tea. The best chicken fingers around? We got this. Raising Cane's Chicken Fingers. The official chicken of your New Orleans Saints. Don't want to miss out on any of the action? Get connected with your New Orleans Pelicans 24-7, 365. Like us on Facebook and follow us on Twitter for exclusive prizes and giveaways. Plus, get text messages with all the latest breaking news right on your phone with Pelicans Mobile Alerts. Visit pelicans.com for information on these great features. Plus, sign up for Pelicans Insider with weekly updates from the Pelicans. Join the conversation today. Bud Light presents NFL Fan Dilemmas. Should I put these Bud Lights on your tab? Just supposed to get this round. Whoa, interception! But on my rounds, we play better. It's good luck when I buy Jeff's beers. But I don't want to buy Jeff's beers. He wouldn't even give me gum the other day. What a shocking turn of events. Absolutely everything going right. Yep, my tab. It's only weird if it doesn't work. Bud Light. For the NFL fans who do whatever it takes. Here we go. Enjoy responsibly. Anheuser-Busch Bud Light Beer, St. Louis, Missouri. Hey, New Orleans Saints fans, show your true colors and get in the action with the all-new black and gold Saints scratch-off from the lottery. Win up to $100,000. Play all three seeds. You have to play to win. That's right. Enter your non-winning black and gold Saints tickets in our second chance drawings for a chance to win autographed Saints merchandise or one of four Saints game day prize packages. Next entry deadline is September 3rd. Pick up your black and gold Saints scratch-off from the lottery. Win up to $100,000. Must be at least 21 to purchase. Welcome back to this Wednesday edition of the Black and Blue Report. We've kind of been hearing from all sides with regards to this weekend's big football game at the Mercedes-Benz Superdome as the Saints and the Falcons get set to not only kick off the regular season but also reignite the rivalry, which will uh, play out again uh, in so many different ways, whether it be on social media but more importantly on the football field. And that's where we're concerned about things. And Jay Adams from AtlantaFalcons.com joins us for the first time in the Black and Blue Report. Jay, happy uh, Saints-Falcons week, or as you guys would say, Falcons-Saints week to you. <laughs> Same to you. Same to you. It's always uh, one of those weeks that you look forward to. It's it's kind of, it is it is one of the best weeks, and that's why it's so, I don't know, strange that it would be week one. Shouldn't you build up to a week like this instead of kicking off the season with this? You know, I, I, I love the idea of playing this game week one because, you know, you've really been building up to it since April you know, when, when the schedule was announced. And I think, you know, usually during during the season, you know, let's say you play week three or week four or week six or whatever whatever the first matchup is, you know, you really only get that, that six, seven days of buildup. But I think, like, this is something that I've felt building uh, since the schedule was announced in April. And, and I, I know our fan base is certainly excited about it. It's a date that, you know, uh, every everybody, all fans and and everybody in the organization circles, anyways. Um, so to to kick things off with it and to set the tone for the season, uh, week one, I, I think it's it's a perfect way to to start things off in 2013. Jay, when you when you uh, when you hear things like yesterday, one of the Saints players commenting that the the Falcons don't respect us, um, do you does that raise a giggle or does it uh, does it reflect what's being said in Atlanta? No, I, I think, you know, stuff like that, you, you're going to get, 
you know, the, those kinds of things with a game that has as much history as this one. I mean, when you talk about two teams that have played each other, I think it's 88 times and, and you're going into eight, the 89th, um, it's, there's going to be a lot of, of bad blood there. And I think it's all part of the atmosphere, honestly. Uh, you know, we, we've seen both sides go back and forth. And like you, you mentioned, whether it's social media or, you know, uh, uh, in the media or wherever it is, I mean, it, it just adds to the atmosphere. And um, I know that, that our team, uh, we've said it before, but we, you know, we uh, respect the Saints and uh, everything that that organization has done. Um, and it's it's just one of those fun parts of, of playing in a rivalry game and getting ready for one. Jay Adams from AtlantaFalcons.com, our guest here on the Black and Blue Report. Jay, is there anything to read into an 0-4 preseason? Does it really matter for a team that seems as loaded as the Falcons? No, I don't think so. And if you look back at Mike Smith's uh, history in the preseason, uh, you notice that there's not a whole lot of success as far as wins and losses. I think this organization views the preseason as just a chance to kind of evaluate players and first and foremost and uh to to get some players in some situations that they may not be comfortable with and and to see how they react to it i don't think there's anything to read into uh this preseason going oh and four i think you know this is a coaching staff that likes to play things close to the vest don't like to give anything away so i think the the team went about it with a very vanilla playbook on both sides of the ball not really looking to necessarily come out on top of course you always want to win but i think it was more about hey let's see how these guys do in this third down situation with this defense or with this offense or with this personnel um and let's get a read on that before we go trying to to give away our entire playbook so to speak uh in four games that don't count towards the 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 playoffs so um i'm not reading any more into it than uh than should be which is not very much at all we certainly know the holdovers, and I don't mean that in a bad way. But Matt Ryan, the receivers, they're so talented, even with the injury problems that you know Roddy's had. But you know Tony Gonzalez comes back for this for this season. Um, those are the things that I guess we know. But now you have a Falcons team that has a Stephen Jackson, that has the experience gained from a deep run last year. What's different about this squad that maybe fans didn't see prior to what we'll see in Week One here? Well, I think part of it is, is like you said, I mean, Steven Jackson. Uh, there are a lot of questions surrounding Steven and, and whether he, you know, he's 30 years old, just turned 30 years old. How much does he have left in the tank? He's taken a lot of hits in his nine-year career. Um, but he's also playing for a team that is very much a pass-first kind of team. So he's not in a situation anymore where he is relied upon. Um, it's going to be tough to stack eight in the box against this guy. And when, when you talk about a team like the Falcons, when you have weapons like Roddy White, you have Tony Gonzalez, you have Julio Jones, you have Harry Douglas in the slot, it's it's going to be really, really tough for them to focus in on Stevens. So I think for a lot of teams, I think it's going to be that balancing act of how do we how do we maintain our defense against the pass while also trying to stop this mammoth running back uh, who – has certainly seen a lot of success in his personal career, certainly not um, with any teams as of yet. But uh, I think that is going to be an interesting little wrinkle, and I love the way that he's able to catch the ball out of the backfield. We didn't see that so much with Michael Turner in the past. Uh, you know, the Falcons tried to use him in those situations, but he just proved that he wasn't that back. Um, I think Steven's a very different type of, of 
running back as far as that goes, and he can be used uh, in the passing game quite a bit. Um, but I think, as you mentioned, you know, getting that that playoff monkey off your back, so to speak, and getting that win, um, going far in the playoffs, certainly, you know, there's the, the expectations are very, very high around here. Um, and but nobody's discounting the fact that that the Falcons achieved a lot last year, and I think that the team is trying to build off of that, taking some confidence into this year. And uh, I think it will only go to serve them well uh, as we get through the playoffs and, and through some of those tough games at the end of the season. Jay Adams of AtlantaFalcons.com, our guest. Jay, before I let you go, one, one question that, that pertains to the, the piece of human nature where folks like to shoot holes into things that are pretty and nice. When I get the uh, full picture, it seems, from folks about the Falcons, yes, they're excited about Atlanta. Yes, they say the Falcons should be a Super Bowl contender, but yet they have these concerns or worries about the Falcons' defense or that offensive line right now. Are are those concerns to those closest to the ball club right now? And and if so, uh, you know, what what's the remedy, I guess? Well, I think, uh, you know, the, the, the thing with, with the defense, you know, there's there's been a lot of uh, a lot of changes as far as scheme goes. I think you're going to see a lot of different things. Even though, you know, we're talking about Mike Nolan's second year within the system, I think the players are much more comfortable with this system, and it's allowed Mike to really take this off season and kind of change some some things around. Uh, for instance, I know last year the the, the defense struggled with. Uh, covering the tight end, and that's something that they've focused on in the offseason. Um, as far as pass rush goes, I think the, the role that Croy Bierman's in, I think O.C. Humanura coming on definitely helps. Uh, we saw him get a lot of pressure during the, the preseason um, when he uh, was in there during his limited playing time. Uh, so I think there, there are some things there that are going to help um, kind of remedy that that situation from last year as far as the offensive line goes i mean we all know that this is this is a unit uh, just generally speaking across the nfl it's it's just a group of guys that really need to gel and uh when you talk about losing a, a guy like todd mcclure who was your clear leader uh for so many years at the center position and then you also lose uh tyson Claybo, um and and you bring in a young guy you've, you've got right now lamar holmes is slated to to sit at that right tackle position who knows what's going to happen uh there's another young guy that's nipping at his heels you've got some new personnel and i think it's going to take a little bit of time to, for those guys to gel and you know sometimes you got to take your lumps and they, they certainly did during the preseason but i think the more these guys play together the more they they experience each other on the field know their little nuances know the little tendencies uh i think you'll start to see some growth and development out of them Jay Adams from AtlantaFalcons.com. Jay, uh, I sincerely thank you for coming on the Black and Blue Report uh, today, but I would be insincere if I told you good luck to you and the Falcons this weekend. Now, that'd just be a lie, and that's not very nice. That, that's Hey, that's the fun part of it, and uh, we'll see. Uh, may, the, may the best team win. Safe travels to you, sir, and uh, we'll look forward thank to you. speaking with you again. Jay Adams from AtlantaFalcons.com. And we've got more on the Black and Blue Report as we continue our Falcons Week preparations after these messages what makes auctioner primary care such a great choice is it because we have 38 health centers throughout the region some with evening and weekend hours available or because we accept close to 50 different insurance plans could it be because we offer my auctioner which gives you and your family secure online access to your health records, test results, prescription renewals, even emails with your doctor? 
or that you'll be connected to seven hospitals with 2,500 affiliated physicians who can handle everything from the common to the complex, so you'll never have to wonder if you made the right choice. Actually, what you may like the most is... Yes, we have a location near you. Expertise and convenience. Great reasons to choose an Auctioner primary care physician. To find one near you, visit auctioner.org or call 1-866-AUCTIONER. That's O-C-H-S-N-E-R. Auctioner. Healthcare with peace of mind. Hey there. What you having? Um, what kind of specials do you have today? Well, tonight we're doing $2 benzene and tonics, $4 lemon arsenics, and $5 beryllium bombs. Wait, what? Those don't sound like drinks. They sound like types of poison. Well, it's a fine line. Besides, this is a smoky bar. What do you think we're all breathing in right now? Uh, I don't know. Nicotine? Listen, I'm gonna hook you up. You're not really living until you've had a formaldehyde martini. Yeah, I'm going home. Secondhand smoke does more than just stink. It costs Louisiana thousands of lives and contains dozens of harmful chemicals that lead to things like emphysema, heart disease, and lung cancer. Learn what's being done to protect all Louisianans in bars and gaming facilities at letsbetotallyclear.org. Thanks to the internet, anyone can get a show these days. We are way over time for today's Black and Blue Report, but it sure was fun. I want to thank David Wesley, John DeShazer for stopping by, Jay Adams from AtlantaFalcons.com, and Kenny Albert from the NFL on Fox. Tomorrow's program, no offense to those gathered, maybe even bigger. Drew Brees, Matt Ryan tomorrow, Desi Vega from Mr. John's Steakhouse with our Weekly uh, gear up for tailgating and uh, game uh, food preparation. And uh, Jim Henderson tomorrow, the voice of the Saints, uh, and a whole lot more. It'll be a good show tomorrow. We hope that you'll tune in. Thanks for uh, following us today, not only online, but uh, on your mobile device as well. Don't forget, you can listen to the show through the new New Orleans Saints app. That is a very, very cool way to not only gather the black and blue report, but also in-game live stats, John DeShazer's stylings, and videos, pictures surrounding the team as well. And Of course, you can always download our show for free on iTunes. Follow us at Black Blue Report on Twitter or at Sean Kelly Live. One more thing before I go today. Uh, yesterday, an article came out on WWLTV.com about me that was written by Bradley Handwerger that was well done. I appreciate very kind words from uh, the article, but mainly I'm, I'm want to thank all of you for all the response that I got after the article came out yesterday. You all said a lot of very kind things uh, that probably I don't deserve. But anyway, thank you. Uh, so that'll do it for today's show, and we will be right back here tomorrow, noon central time for the Thursday Black and Blue Report. We hope that you have a great rest of your Wednesday. Thanks for listening to this edition of the Black and Blue Report. If all goes well, we'll be back tomorrow. Tune in each weekday at 1 p.m. or at your convenience exclusively online at NewOrleansSaints.com and Pelicans.com. Follow your teams direct from the source. The Black and Blue Report.